Well, what's up, guys? Alex McDonald in Atlanta, joined by Danielle Munoz in Minnesota. What's up, Danny? Not a whole lot, Al. How you doing? I'm doing well. This is a TPS report for Thursday, December 8th, 2022. It's good to be back. Thank you all for being here. Let's jump over to here and wait for someone to leave a comment because then it will kick in the rest of the call. We need a comment guy that, that sends a comment the second. Thank you, Danielle. You can be our comment guy. Apparently I'm the comment guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's say hi to our friends. We've got uh, Michelle Brands in the house. What's up, Michelle? Hey, Michelle? Thank you for being here. There's the hammer over hammer. there on Rumble. What's up, Steve? Good to see you. Holly Ellison, just for fun radio in the house. What's up, Hello, Holly? Sister. Good to see you. Uh, Lisa Ann Morris is here. Hey, Lisa. Also of Just for Fun Radio. Also of Hello, Just sister. for Fun Radio. Of the management end of Just for Fun Radio yes. as well. So we're on, our, we're on our best behavior tonight. We're not, actually. No, not but, like you know, 0%. It, but Lisa also likes the show, so we can get away right. with murder. Yeah. Um, there's Janine. Hey Janine. hey, Janine. Good to see you. Richard Sarkeesian. What's up, Richard? Look hey, at this, Richard. folks, over on the YouTube. The, the uh, not-owned-by-us YouTube channel. Yeah, the rogue Richard youtube channel the, the ghost channel there's michael ann hey michael ann thank you for hey, being michael here ann. jessica's here what's up jess good to see hey, you uh hans is here what's up hans good to hey, see hans. you brother um there's cameron cameron anderson what's hey, up bud? good to see you hell yes live show twice in the same week i'm nice. guessing he means he's been able well, to catch then. it twice he, yeah he's okay. generally working yes because i was gonna say I, th I think i think he's right this is in fact our second live show in a week yes uh, he is actually generally he has to catch us on the replay. That's right. Diamond Dave is here. What's up, Dave? Good to see Hi, you, Dave. brother. And um, I'll tell you, there's another David. Uh, he's not watching right now. David Foster. It's his birthday today. So if he catches the replay, happy birthday, David happy Foster. Happy birthday, David. Um, David Foster is uh, part of the reason we're bringing Rumble comments in, yeah. and not only in, but. Um, up like that off of rumble and by yeah. the way it now works with locals yes asking you shall receive it now works with locals um we have a lot oh there's dondra hey Dondra's Dave, here. look there's my new little friend right there you see him on the shelf right yeah, by bear town bring it up let's let's have a look at that thing because i haven't had go a fetch good him? yeah i haven't had a good look at that uh just yet it's a little what is it, a little elf on the shelf action like a little, I just whacked his head. It's uh -oh. like a little Christmas elf. Oh yeah, look at that. Look at his hands. Oh, that's great. And of course, Dave carved him. Diamond Dave. <laughs> awesome. That's great, man. I like that. Um, JD Bowen. Diamond Dave is also JD Bowen. Uh, I have a graphic here somewhere, but it appears to have gone missing. I had it up last show. You remember? is J.D. Yes. Bowen on Amazon, where you can go over there and you can uh, buy his books. Yes. Um, yes, there are Rumble viewers who are not in the live chat. If you're watching on Rumble, click the live chat button, jump into the live chat, and um, join us there. Because the we don't get comments from the comments section. We only get them right. from the live chat during the live show. So uh, hit that live chat button if you can see it. If you're on Android, you may not. And I apologize for that. Well, I don't. That's a Google issue. 
right. I think and that's that's a or or maybe it's a Rumble issue. I don't know. Maybe Rumble have to update their uh, update their app. But uh, here's I'm what gonna, it's not. It's not an us issue. It is not an it's not an us issue. But it it I want again. I want it all to work. Right. right. This I, is why yes. this is why I wanted to bring everyone into the same chat because I I didn't want segregated chat. Right. Right. Um, yes. I want everybody to I want everybody to be in the same spot and for everyone to, to feel as welcome as yes. everybody else. That's right. That's right. We would bring all of your home if you were stuck in Russia. I'll tell you that much. Yes. Wouldn't just bring one or two of you home. Let's talk about some stuff, Danielle. Well, I mean, not two, really one. Right. One is lesser gator than two. There you go. Hans is using a Android device. This is just a test. FYI, I'm using an Android OS device. Maybe the live chat oh. button is now working. Good job, Hans. Thank nice. you very much. Well I done, appreciate Hans. Thank it. Thank you, friend. Excellent. All right. Let's start with this. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. This this story is just getting weirder and weirder, quite frankly. Breaking, Jack Dorsey calls on Elon Musk to make everything public now. On its face, this might look like a good thing, right? Hey, let's be transparent. Let's be open. Let's tell make, yeah, let's tell all. Let's, let's just get it all out there. Here's what I really think this is, Danielle. I think this is Jack Dorsey trying to get Elon to do a massive data dump in order to confuse the public and bury information in the overwhelming volume of data to hide Jack Dorsey's involvement in all of this. That's what I think this is. Do you? Absolutely. So I tweeted, um, I tweeted, to, not that they read, well, I, I don't know, maybe they do read them, but I tweeted to uh, Matt Tiabi and to Elon Musk, and I, I said this, I said, he, I, my belief is that this is an attempt to flood the public with information so that information gets missed, gets skipped over, and right. Jack Dorsey's involvement gets uh, overlooked, and releasing this through a responsible journalist is absolutely the way to go here. So effectively just keep doing what you're doing. Let Matt vet this, or I say, let Matt vet this stuff. We'll get to that in a second. Go on. That there's two of them. Two what? Journalists. It's not just Matt Taibbi. It's Matt Taibbi and Barry White. Well, I understand. I understand. No, but, but, it goes I beyond mean, that. To your point that it's it's not just one journalist, it's two journalists that are vetting it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Steve said, right, the Dorsey's trying to save face. He knows he's at fault. I, I believe he does. Um, but it was supposed to be Matt Tiabi and Barry Weiss. I mean, they were both involved in this. Right. Yes. It was supposed to be them vetting this information. Turns out it isn't or wasn't them vetting this information. Let me zoom in on this so that uh, it's easier to read. This is from Matt Tiabi. This was released on um, Tuesday, I believe. Does that seem right? Yeah. 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 Yes. Twitter files supplemental. On Friday, the first installment of the Twitter files was published here. We expected to publish more over the weekend, 
Many wondered why there was a delay. We can now tell you part of the reason why. On Tuesday, Twitter... On two, don't know why that happened. On Tuesday, Twitter Deputy General Counsel and former FBI General Counsel Jim Baker was fired. Among the reasons, vetting the first batch of Twitter files without knowledge of new management. We'll get into why this is a big deal, but it's a big deal. The process for producing the Twitter files involved delivery to two journalists, Barry Weiss and me. This is Matt, obviously, via a lawyer, excuse me, via a lawyer close to new management. However, after the initial batch, things became complicated. Over the weekend, while we both dealt with obstacles to new searches, it was Barry Weiss who discovered that the person in charge of releasing the files was someone named Jim. When she called to ask Jim's last name, the answer came back, Jim Baker. My jaw, my jaw, jaw, I went Bristolian there. My jaw hit the floor, says Weiss. The first batch of files both reporters, reporters received was marked Spectra Baker emails. Baker is a controversial figure. He's been something of a, a zealot of FBI controversies dating back to 2016 from the Steele dossier to the Alpha server mess. He resigned in 2018 after investigation into leaks to the press. The news that Baker was reviewing the Twitter files surprised everyone involved, to say the least. New Twitter chief executive Elon Musk acted quickly to exit Baker on Tuesday. Reporters resumed searches through Twitter file material, a lot of it today. The next installment of the Twitter files will appear. I'm assuming he means from Barry Weiss. Stay tuned. Or is he making a statement to Barry Weiss? Hey, Barry, the Twitter files will appear. Right now, I'm confused as to where the next batch is going to come from. But right. I'm currently following both of them and have notifications turned on. So it doesn't really matter. So let's talk about this. Former FBI general counsel, Jim Baker. Let's talk about Jim Baker a bit, shall we? Here's a um, redacted used this uh, yesterday. In fact, all of these sources redacted. I, I sent David a message. I said, you know, every single source you're using is one I had in my notes teed up ready for tomorrow. And it's going to look like we're aping your show, but we're not. He said, I don't care. I encourage that. <laughs> so thank you, David. This from uh, Jonathan Turley, six degrees from James Baker, a familiar figure reemerges with the release of the Twitter files. Below is my column in the New York Times on the reemergence of James Baker, the former FBI general counsel at the center of the Twitter, Twitter suppression scandal. As thousands of Twitter documents are released on the company's infamous censorship program, much has been confirmed about the use of back channels by Biden and Democratic officials to silence critics on the social media platform. I want to add here that the uh, Trump White House also used back channels to Twitter, but not nearly as much as the Democrats. However, one name, one familiar name immediately popped out in the first batch of documents released through journalist Matt Taibbi. Taibbi. I don't know how Taibbi. to say it still. It's Taibbi. Okay. 
James Baker. For many, James Baker is fast becoming the Kevin Bacon of the Russian collusion scandals. Baker has been featured repeatedly in the Russian investigations launched by the Justice Department, including the hoax involving the Russian, uh, Russian Alpha Bank. When Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman wanted to plant the bizarre false claims of secret communications channel between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin, Baker was his go-to speed dial contact. Baker would later testify at Sussman's trial. Baker's name also appeared prominently in controversies related to the other Russian-related FBI allegations against Trump. He was effectively forced out due to his role and reportedly found himself under criminal investigation. He became a defender of the so he became a defender of the Russian investigations despite findings of biased and even criminal conduct on his behalf, by the way. He was also a frequent target of Donald Trump on social media, including Twitter. Baker responded with public criticisms of Trump for his false narratives. After leaving the FBI, Twitter seemed eager to hire Baker as deputy general counsel. Ironically, Baker soon became involved in another alleged back, cha another alleged back channel with a presidential campaign. This time it was Twitter that maintained the non-public channels with the Biden campaign and later the White House. Baker soon weighed in with the same signature bias that characterized the Russian investigations. This is a recap of the uh, Russian investigations. Baker quickly jumped in to support the censorship and said that it is reasonable for us to assume that they may have been hacked talking about the documents relating to Hunter Biden's laptop, and that caution is warranted. Keep in mind, there was never any evidence that this material was hacked. Moreover, there was no evidence of Russian involvement in the laptop, and his former deputy counsel for the FBI, Danielle, he knew that. Mm -hmm. Indeed, U.S. intelligence quickly rejected the Russian disinformation claim. However, Baker insisted there was a reasonable assumption that the Russians were behind another major scandal. We're going to... Um, the released documents may show why Twitter was so eager to hire Baker, despite his role in the Russian collusion controversies. What likely would have been a liability for most companies seemed like an actual draw for Twitter. For censors and political operatives in Twitter, Baker likely seemed like a made man for a company committed to systemic censorship. He would be working with chief legal counsel, legal officers at the company, Vijaya Gadi, who functioned as the company's chief censor. Gadi was right, widely reviled by free speech advocates for her dismissal of free speech principles and open political bias. Not unexpectedly, Gaddy and Baker would play prominent roles in the suppression of the Hunter Biden scandal. There was hardly a need to round up the usual suspects in the suppression scandal when Musk took over the company. Both lawyers swatted down internal misgivings to bury a story that could well have made the difference in the close, close 2020 election. So, listen, this guy an experienced attorney, general counsel for the FBI, a criminal. Let's make that clear. Right. A criminal who is investigated and um, was subsequently hired by Twitter, who 
loved his work. They loved his work on right. the uh, on the steel dossier. They loved his work on Russia, Russia, Russia. Because if there's one thing we know Twitter loves, it's leftist propaganda. They don't care whether it's true. They'll let it run and run and boost it and promote it as much as they can, as long as it was damaging to Donald Trump. What Twitter didn't like was true stories that criticized Joe Biden and that highlighted Joe Biden's criminal enterprise with his sons. And so Jim, Jim Baker took the lead on suppressing that. When it comes time to reveal this information to the public, guess who's given the documents to Matt Taibbi? Taibbi. 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 Fucking Jim Baker. Yep. Unbeknownst to Musk, unbeknownst to the journalists, now they're going to have to go back through everything that they supposedly already researched. They're going to have to go back through every bit of that now to see if anything was withheld if anything was suppressed. Well, here's the thing. Jim Baker's FBI former deputy counsel. This man knows how to disappear a document or 60 right, yeah, yes. or a thousand. So what they need to be doing is having forensic experts going through his computers. Obviously they don't have subpoena power, so they can't take his personal devices absent a criminal investigation, but they certainly can go through the company owned devices that he has. And all these people have company laptops, company desktops, company phones, etc. So now they need a full forensic auditing of those electronic devices to try to find out what was scrubbed, what was hidden. And it's remarkably coincidental that Jack Dorsey is now asking for, now that Jack Dorsey's guy, because let's not forget Jack Dorsey was in charge when Jim Baker came over. Right. Now that Jack Dorsey's guy has been fired and Jack Dorsey no longer has control over what information gets released. Now he wants to flood the, right. He wants to flood the public with as many documents as possible so that uh, hopefully things get lost in the uh, get right, lost in the rush. So far, the documents have shown that Jack that it was done, like you said, absent Jack Dorsey's knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Let me. Uh, there you go. I can kick it in myself. Let's see what are folks saying here? Ivan Dave said, I say? never liked Jim Baker, even when he was married to Tammy Faye. <laughs> there, it's and surprising how many Jim Bakers there are in this world. The hammer says, I keep having flashbacks too. Every time his name is spoken. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To those eyelashes. Steve says, as always, uh, always knew Twitter was a cesspit. Never really thought about it being quite so complete. It is, it is scary. It's scary what went on there and the the depths they went to the the lengths they went to right. to uh to just simply try to damage donald trump baker's on the phone with hillary asking if she still has that hammer laying around somewhere um 
I don't know that we'll ever know completely what Twitter was up to and how deep their election tampering and suppression efforts go simply because there were people like Jim Baker there. But when, when, when they found out that it was Baker that was vetting these documents for release to the public, I don't know how that happens. That's a failure on Elon's part, by the way. Quite frankly, you know, he went in there and he fired a shit ton of people. Right. But he didn't get rid of Jim Baker. Yeah, how does Come Baker Come on, man. Yeah. How, yes. how, yeah. how do you not bring in your own counsel? Right. Why yeah. would you keep deputy counsel from the previous regime that we know were corrupt as hell? Why would you keep them there? It makes absolutely no sense. But that's what's going on in Twitter world right hey, now. Hey, let me, let me ask you, I don't even know if this is a real question, but so we know that like when you delete something, it's not really deleted, right? Like it can be found and rebuilt, but what if it's like a Jim Baker deleting stuff? Right. You know what I, like, is a, that even so a, a secure deletion? Yeah. A, a multi-white pass. Yeah. Uh, the the standard is seven rights rewrites to to do right. a secure deletion of data. Oh right. You can do you can do it on the Mac if you put something in the trash and then hold the option click and right click. There's a secure empty trash option and that does a DoD wipe of the data. Uh, that's a little tip for those of you that use a, a Mac. Just use secure wipe if it's something you want to make sure no longer exists, period. We're going to have more on App Mac security, uh, uh, iOS security, by the way, on Monday. So stay tuned for that. And it, this is good news. Very good news coming. Um, so it, it, would Jim Baker, knowing he he's an F, former FBI guy, would he know about secure wipes? Yeah, absolutely. I'm certain he would. And... Like I said, he knows how to disappear a document. Right. Which is why it needs to be a forensic bit by bit, you know, search right. of his electronics. Because there's always, there there are always remnants. Whether those remnants can be built into anything incriminating, I don't really know. But the guy that was up to his knees in corruption at Twitter is now the guy releasing the documents. He's also former Fed. Yeah, he knows how to cover his tracks. Right. So I don't imagine they'll find much. Which, you know, will always leave us asking, well, what did he hide? What did right. he, uh, yeah, what what he not get rid of? Let's talk about something else crazy, Danielle. Brittany Griner. Released from Russian detention in prisoner swap for convicted arms dealer. Hey, remember back when we thought this was the worst deal we'd ever see? Bo Burkle? Yes. For the five terrorists? Yep. And then former vice president said, hold my depends? Yes. Well, we've now released one of the world's most notorious arms dealers. Responsible. And I'm, I'm not talking about you know, Glocks and Berettas. Right. We're talking 30,000 AKs. 
We're talking rocket launchers, tanks, helicopter armed armed hel assault helicopters. I mean, we're talking actual military equipment. A guy that was an arms dealer for the Taliban during the war. He was he was selling equipment to the Taliban that that killed American soldiers. We released him for a women's basketball star. I say star. I'd never heard of her until all of this she came up. She is a star. But, she is um, a women's basketball star. And in the meantime, left a U.S. Marine in Russian custody that's been there for four years. And they say they couldn't get him back. Let's play a little clip from 60 Minutes from uh, years ago, by the way. This past week, they brought him to New York to face terrorism charges. Tonight, those at the heart of Operation Relentless, a sting that spanned three continents, tell the story behind it for the first time. Victor Boot, uh, in, in my eyes, um, is one of the most dangerous men on the face of the earth. On the face of the earth. Without a doubt. AK-47s, not by the thousands, but by the tens of thousands. So he weaponizes civil war in Africa. He transformed these young adolescent warriors into uh, insidious, mindless, maniacally driven killing machines that operated with assembly line efficiencies. This has indicted him on four terror-related charges, including conspiracy to kill Americans. What makes him a threat to the United States? He is a shadow facilitator. He's arming not only designated terrorist groups, uh, insurgent groups, but he's also arming very powerful drug trafficking cartels uh, around the globe. This is the Lord of War, the Merchant of Death. Right. And you've got him in your hands. Right, he's in custody. It's a great feeling. Fucking ain't. Yeah, no, not anymore. He was in custody. He's in his early 50s. So he's he's got a lot of his life left to live. How many how many people are going to die now because Joe Biden made this deal remains to be seen. We and then listen, I don't think it's going to take long for this dude to uh get back up to speed. Quite frankly, I'm sure his little black book is waiting on a desk in Russia somewhere. And listen, Putin's in the middle of a war. It's not going so well. He's going to need some gear. Right. Who better to get that gear than the Lord of War, the Merchant of Death? Now, I would say something snarky like, and we can thank Brittany Griner for this. Because shit, no, hold on. Because she made the fucking choice to take illegal drugs into another country. That was her choice. I didn't do that to her. You didn't do that to her. She made that choice. Yeah, but our president made this deal. Sure. Yeah, Brittany Griner 100% broke the law. I don't fucking blame Brittany Griner for this. I blame our president for this. Our president made this fucking deal. He yeah, I, this I, you know go. what? I blame them all. Because had, had had she not committed the crime that set this chain of events into action, then we wouldn't be where we're at now. Maybe we would. Maybe he would have traded. Yeah, maybe yeah, he would have, have traded this guy for some uh, some oppressed tranny in, in Saudi Arabia. Who knows what this president, this former gives, vice president, is capable of? I don't think he gives half a fuck about Brittany Griner. I think he's pandering to the 
the social wokes. I don't think it matters who it was. I think it just happened to be Brittany Griner. Yeah, I, I think they do care, but they care because she fits a specific mold. So let's take a look at the left's reaction to this. What a great relief. Extraordinary news. A basketball star, but also a gay black woman is released. Oh, and yeah, of course, we want other prisoners like Paul Whelan released. Paul Whelan, the U.S. Marine that's been in Russian custody for four years, he's an afterthought to these people on the left. The choice was bringing Brittany home. Oh, well, let's listen. Let's let this uh, idiot tell us for herself if she's capable. Treat Paul Whelan differently given the nature of the total, totally illegitimate charges they have levied against Paul. Unfortunately, the choice became to either bring Brittany home or no one. As the president said this morning, he will, he will never stop working to secure Paul's release and return home. And he will not give up. On a personal note, Brittany is more than an athlete, more than an Olympian. She is an important role model and inspiration to millions of Americans, particularly the LGBTQI plus Americans and women of color. She should never. That's their focus. The fact that she's gay and she's black. That's what matters to these people. Unfortunately for Whelan, he's not gay. I don't know if he's black, but I imagine he's not. No, he's a not. white guy, isn't he? Isn't he the white guy? Don't know. But I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that he's not, or they would have they traded half of Gitmo for this guy by now. Yeah, I, I, I hold, listen, we, we can agree to disagree, but yeah, I hold Griner somewhat responsible for this. Peter Ducey, Peter Ducey got him on the um, got him on the back foot today. By the way, it's not often I show Ducey's stuff because he's kind of a oh god, they got him. Yeah. But this one, this one was pretty good. This is a good got him. In this prisoner swap, why did Russia get such a better deal? Look, you know I've talked about this, uh, and I'll say this again. Here were our choices. Our choices was uh, Brittany or no one at all. Bring home one American or no American at all. And, and that's the professional that's, athlete. We gave up a prolific arms dealer who was convicted of trying to kill Americans, who was called the merchant of death. The professional athlete is also an American citizen. So let's not forget that. Who and deserved American and so and, 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 and I have explained how the Russians have illegally the uh, treated, totally illegitimately uh, treated his situation. I've been very clear on that. Uh, we've laid that all. We've laid that out for you. Uh, and again, the president felt that this was an opportunity to bring Brittany home. He is going to continue to do everything he can to bring Paul Whelan home, just like he did with Trevor Reed, just like he was able to secure Trevor Reed's release. How can you say that he's going to do everything that he can if he said just a few days ago he's not going to call Vladimir Putin until further notice? We were able to do this uh, through, um, through different channels, right? We were able to do this uh, through, uh, uh, through different uh, avenues, uh, folks from the U.S. government 
uh, that were able to make that negotiation, have those conversations, and, and secure Britney's return. Uh, so we were, we have been able to do this, and the president has been committed to getting this done. We are still working to secure Paul Whelan. Uh, at this time, we were not able to make that happen, but that does not stop us. That will not stop us in making sure uh, that Paul returns back home safely to his family. And just one other topic. Uh, you've said a few times that you really can't talk about communications between the Biden campaign and Twitter. Who is telling you that that's off limits? I, I've already had that conversation with you, uh, with your colleague, I believe, yesterday. Uh, I've, I've already addressed this multiple times this week, so I don't have anything more to add. Uh, again, I've, I've, we've, we've, we've litigated this uh, all week. All right, let's move on from that. That's uh, uh, Yeah, that was a lot of yeah. Here's here's the long and short of it. She's she's a black woman who happens to be gay. And it was to this to this administration that was worth the trade. They say but you know she made a point of saying, well, she's an American. She's an American that hates America. She's an American that has has uh disowned, disavowed the American flag. Paul Whelan isn't. Paul Whelan's an American that put his life on the line to defend the freedom and virtues that Brittany Griner was benefited by. She threw it all away by making the choice to take illegal drugs into another country. I agree it's a stupid charge. I agree. I don't think anyone needs to go to jail for weed. But that's home here in America. We don't decide how other countries run themselves. We don't right. decide what their laws are. Now, she may think she was a big enough star to be able to get away with it. She was proven wrong. But she was certainly... She was certainly in the right mold to cause this to happen. And people will die because of this. And whether, you know, whether anyone likes it or not, that blood will be on her hands and it will be on this administration's hands. And um, I don't think she will have the, the I, don't, I don't think she will have the self-awareness to even realize it. I disagree with you. I don't think it's her fault. I think that she has the the right to say the things that she said. I disagree with them. I think that she's a role model and in the position that she was in that that she should have done better and said different things, but that's what it means to be an American. That you have the right to say those things and you don't lose your protections. You don't lose your Americanness because you say those things. So no, I 100% disagree with that. I think that that she had every right to the protections afforded anyone for being an American. Now, of course, I also, I agree that, um, that Paul Whelan should have been brought home, if not at the same time before her. But no, I absolutely disagree. And I don't think this is her fault. She had absolutely nothing to do with this deal. We're in such a position of weakness that this former vice president can't 
can't get anything done. I I agree with you, Alan. Right now, I think that if they try to negotiate to bring Whelan home there, he's negotiating for like, what does he even have to negotiate with anymore? He just gave up the fucking ace. Right. There's nothing left. Right. So I and that whole, you know, our choice was to bring her home or bring no one home. That's then just not true. Bring no one home. You back up and you keep negotiating. Well, it's also it's also not true. Tr- right. Donald Trump got prisoners released from North fucking Korea. Right. of all places, within a matter of days. Now, we don't know what went on behind the scenes there, but I guarantee you it was a lot of threats of force. Right. We have a choice. And if the if if this administration's position is, well, that's an American, well, then let's go kill some motherfucking Russians and get all the Americans back. Home. Don't play the America card with me if you're right. going to leave a goddamn U.S. Marine at the mercy of the Russians and you're willing to trade a fucking mass murderer for a goddamn basketball player. I'm not for playing anybody, that game. Don't negotiate. This is what happens when you negotiate with terrorists. Right. What did Donald Trump do? He didn't fucking negotiate with terrorists. Right. What did, um, what's his name? Barack Obama do? He negotiated with terrorists, gave up five terrorists for Bo fucking Bergdahl. Yep. A traitor. Yeah. An absolute traitor. Yeah. I don't know what Donald Trump gave the North Koreans to get those Americans back. But I, from the reporting, it was nothing. Yeah. I think it was more a case of what he didn't give them. Exactly. Which yeah, was a, a big old dose of American boot up your ass. ass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you negotiate with terrorists. But this guy is weak. This right. this man yes. in the White House is fucking weak. He's weak, he's a coward, and he's a criminal. That's who we have running this country right now. A man that's willing to sell out a U.S. Marine, willing to sell out Americans all around the world for the sake of one basketball player. You know, again, I don't think anyone needs to go to jail for first vaping a bit of THC. Never mind that she shouldn't have been doing it. She's a fucking basketball player. It was hash. Or a bit of hash, then. Doesn't matter to me. Why Why are professional basketball players doing that beyond me? But again, it's just, an. It, it, to me, it's indicative of her whole fucking attitude. Oh, well, I can do drugs because what's going to happen to me? I'm I'm Brittany Griner, Brittany Grenier, whatever her fucking name is. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a black lesbian. I'm a special class of citizen. That strikes me to be her entire attitude. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm far off. And I, I do believe that when she gets back and starts giving interviews, I think we're going to start to see that attitude resonate. I think she'll be bitching that she was there as long as she was. And of course, she was in a Russian prison, I imagine. Yeah, she was fixing to go to a work camp. But I think it's going to be a whole lot of, how dare you leave me there as long as you did. That's what I think we're going to see. Remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. So, Herschel Walker obviously lost the runoff here in Georgia. I don't want to get into it too much, Danielle, other than to say... Georgia is not a Trump state. 
And that's going to annoy some diehard Trumpers out there. But Georgia is not a Trump state. And if Donald Trump is the nominee in 2024, Georgia will, the state itself will be bright red, but they will elect the Democrat president. Go ahead. Trump lost us the same seat twice. Three times now. Well, this seat twice, the other one once. That's, oh, that's right. Yeah, so this one twice, seats, the other one once. Yeah, Two seats at a time, and then this seat a second time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Trump has cost Georgia three Senate seats now. When is Georgia finally going to say, fuck off, Donald enough. Trump? Enough. Enough already. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Georgia, absolutely not a Trump state. And you know what? Democrats in Georgia had the sense not to have Biden anywhere near the state for the runoff. Yeah. He was out in fucking Iowa or some damn where. Yeah. Brian Kemp got 2.2 million Republican votes, Danny. Herschel Walker got less than 1.7 million. That's a 500,000 vote deficit among Republicans. That's 24% of Republicans that voted for Brian Kemp made a conscious decision not to vote for Herschel Walker. Now, this is, I will grant you, this is a uniquely Republican thing, having principles. Right. What I'm saying there is that Democrats don't have them, and they'll vote for any fucking, uh, any meat sack that's put in front of them. Republicans don't act that way. Republicans vote on principle. And they absolutely made their principles loud and clear in this election. And obviously, I'm not compare. Obviously, it wasn't Herschel Walker versus Kemp. I'm comparing the two different races. Right. How many votes, Republican votes, Kemp got versus... Uh, because it's, it's directly related. Everybody that cast a vote for Kemp on that same ballot was a checkbox for Herschel Walker. And half a million of them said, nope, I'm not voting for Trump's guy. I don't know how much of this you can talk about, how much of it is like behind the scenes stuff. But do you think it was, is that, I mean, that's, you think that's what it was, that it was the Trump factor or? Oh, yeah, absolutely the Trump factor. You don't think the. I think the negative press didn't help, obviously, but he was handpicked. He was, he was Trump's handpicked candidate. I don't, I think I know two people. No, I, all right. I'm not, I, I shouldn't put a number on this because I, I probably know more. The majority of the people that I know that supported Donald Trump no longer support Donald Trump. And when I say majority, it's like 95%. And I know a lot of Republicans, obviously. Right. And about 95% of them here no longer support Donald Trump. That's it. That's the end of your political career. Here's the problem, though. He got, he got 20, so 20, he got 24% less votes than Brian Kemp. So let's say he has 76% support. That's enough to win a primary. It's not enough to win the general election, but it's right. enough to win the primary and beat out any other Republican challenger. So there's a very good chance that Donald Trump will be 
the Republican nominee. And there's a chance he'll be the next president. But it will be with, I, I guarantee you, it will be without Georgia. Republicans in Georgia will vote in all of the statewide races, but 24% of them will not vote for Donald Trump, just as a matter of principle. Hmm. If we thought Herschel Walker was a bad candidate, come on. How, how, and I, I'm hearing this a lot from, from the pundits, the talking heads, that Herschel was just a bad candidate. Right. And Donald Trump wasn't, isn't impeached twice. He's got a lot of uh, controversy that follows him. Rape allegations, they're not going away. They're going to come back up again. And my concern is he has enough support to win the primary and then just get absolutely trounced in the general. And we're just throwing it away. We are throwing away an opportunity in 2024, a perfect opportunity, because we will have had two more years of Joe Biden and people will be that much more sick of life. And yet Joe Biden will win by proxy. Right. We need caucuses. Instead, I'm telling you, we need caucuses instead of primaries. We need to, we need party caucuses here in Georgia, to prevent this from happening again. That discussion, by the way, is... Caucuses? Yeah. That, yes. Really? Yeah. We just got away from caucuses here. Mm -hmm. That's what we need so that we have more control over, uh, so we have more control over who runs. Far more control over who runs. Donald Trump was a good president, but He's uh, right now, he's just a liability. And that's just uh, that's just where it is. Anyway, let's talk about this. Yes. And I want to talk about ballot harvesting. In Georgia, ballot harvesting is illegal, right? Democrats did a lot of ballot harvesting in Georgia. Again, this is where those principles come into play. Right. Democrats don't care. They'll just do it. They'll get it done. This, this happened, though. Um, this wasn't over-harvest, I mean, sort of, not harvest, a, a very small element of harvesting. Georgia man convicted of voter fraud slapped with brutal punishment for his crime. A Walker County met Georgia man was handed a very hefty sentence for submitting another resident's absentee ballot that had her erroneously wound up in his post office box. Following his conviction for voter fraud, William Chase, 62, was sentenced to 25 years in prison for forging a ballot in Georgia's January 21 runoff election. 25 years, Danielle, for filling out somebody else's ballot. Holy cow. Now, we're to believe that Gen Z are voting in overwhelming numbers right now. Right. In particular, in states where ballot harvesting is legal. Coincidence? Hmm. It's not coincidence. No. Gen Z aren't voting. Their parents are voting. Right. And their parents are using a system available to them, a legal system available to them. They're getting the ballots for their kids. Now, they may have the kid fill it out. They may have the kid sign the envelope. But the kids are effectively going to be doing the parents' bidding 
in this regard. And that's what we're seeing. I'm, I'm at the point, I'm at the point where we need to legalize ballot harvesting nationwide and let the best harvesters win. Because that's where we're at now. Now, follow me here. It's illegal here in Georgia. And in state races, that, that's a good thing. Right. In state races, I suppose it's uh, it's it's been useful. The harvesting still goes on here. Democrats are still doing it. We know they are. Here's one example of it right here. But we know it's still happening. We know it's happening all over the country. But let's say we were able to wipe it out completely in Georgia. For those national races where it's just, you know, number of votes effectively. Obviously, the Electoral College comes into play. Right. But in those states where they have a lot of electors and they they need to win those states in order to win the presidency, the more ballot harvesting you can do, the better. And the more you do, the more you're negating the votes of the states that have these stricter election laws that don't allow harvesting. We're missing out on a lot of votes here because we don't allow harvesting. Potentially, anyway. Again, still a lot that goes on in Georgia, but technically right. we're missing out on a lot of votes because they, we don't allow harvesting. If they legalized it here, Republicans may finally get on board with the harvesting game. They may finally say, you know what, let's get our kids' ballots as well. Let's make sure those get done. Let's make sure those get sent in. Chances are your kids are going to vote the same way as you. We know that. Right. That's just the way it is. Obviously, this meets a lot of um, resistance when you yeah. when you talk about this here in Georgia, because again, people people just consider it cheating. Our chat considers it cheating. I, I mean, yeah, it's cheating or it's wrong. It's just wrong. But the thing is, if it's legal in your state, it can't be cheating and it can't be wrong. And there are there. Are, at least half the states where it is legal. And those states now have an advantage over us. They have a method available to them that we don't have here in Georgia. And we're missing out on votes because of it. Let's make some visits to nursing. I absolutely agree. Yes. Yes. Let's legalize harvesting and let the best harvester win. But here's the thing. Democrats are going to be the best harvesters because they're already harvesting. Remarkably experienced. Yes, they're already doing those things. And they already have that mindset that it's okay to cast someone else's vote. You're talking about even if like making voter vote harvesting legal and our conservative chat is like, well, that's that's cheating. That's against the rules because you're casting someone else's vote. But Democrats are like, fuck it, we don't give a shit, as long as you're voting for the right people. And those are the rules of the game so, that have been established in those states where harvesting is legal, right. and Republicans have to play by the rules of the game, or they and, they lose. And theoretically, I understand, I, I get the theory, but I just mm -hmm. think that... Yeah, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that Republicans need to go do it. Maybe wait until it's legal. 
you're going to be at a severe disadvantage if you wait until it's legal, but maybe wait until it's legal to do it. But it needs to be, uh, it needs to be legal. Um, Michael Ann's disappointed in me and I am sorry. Listen, um, you know, I defended Donald Trump a lot, right? When he was president, I defended him a lot. He was not my choice during the primary. Um, he was never my first choice, but once he got the nomination, I got behind him and supported him throughout his presidency. I think the, uh, I think the two impeachment were a ridiculous joke and, and Joe Biden could easily be impeached today for what Donald Trump was accused of and impeached for. He didn't actually do the things he was accused of, but, um, here's, here's the thing with Donald Trump at this point, his reputation is so tarnished, especially after January 6th that 24% of Republicans will refuse to vote for him. Regardless of my personal feelings about the man, his political career is done. But he can still win the primary. If he wins the primary, we lose the general election. And I have to put my feelings about the man aside and face the reality. If 24% of Republicans in Georgia refuse to vote for him, that's going to be indicative of Republicans nationwide. We're not an outlier. In fact, we're look at the results of every other race in Georgia. We're a blood red state. Right. That refused to elect Donald Trump's candidate. Now, it may be less in the general election. Again, I'm sure some of the negative press and the fact that Herschel in a lot of people's eyes wasn't a great candidate. I'm sure that plays into it. So maybe it's 20% of Republicans. Here's the thing. If it's 5% of Republicans, Donald Trump loses. Yep. Donald Trump loses. Our elections are decided within points of each other. These Well, yes. Yeah. And we can't lose any ground. We have to gain ground. Yeah. Like we have to gain the undecideds Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yes. I'll say what I said months ago after Donald Trump lost and uh, Joe Biden became the former vice president. I said, Donald Trump needs to be a Republican party kingmaker. That didn't work out in Herschel Walker's case, but it did work out on the congressional level in smaller districts where it doesn't matter if you lose 10, 15, 20% support, right? Those people are going to vote for their congressman because their congressman matters more to them than whoever the president is. Donald Trump, that, that's, that should be, in my opinion, that should be Trump's role. He should be playing kingmaker. He should be, a, I think he was a, a, an insane character, but his policies were dead on. Strangely enough. I guess I don't get how he can be an effective kingmaker when we saw what happened to Herschel, what happened to Mehmet Oz. Well, on the congressional level, his candidates did very well. 
it was the it was the big high profile races where his candidates broke down and obviously they're the ones that are going to get all the attention and they're the right. ones where the money was spent to defeat donald trump well whether that's an anomaly or not it's not going away it's going to continue to happen but it's those big races that we need to win you know three senate seats in georgia now yeah, so I mean, I I would think that we don't need him as a kingmaker. We need him to go away. I w- I just want him to be in the background. I mean, yeah, there's a want role him to be not in the foreground. Yeah, there's a role he can play, and I think it needs to be in the background because you know, regard either whatever way you look at it, right now he is the de facto leader of my party, and and he is. Until uh, until another Republican is elected president, Donald Trump's the de facto leader of the Republican Party. And I don't I, I think these witch hunts that are going on, these investigations, I think they're pathetic. I think they're merely designed to damage his opportunity to become president again. And it will work. Yeah, exactly. I, yes, I think they're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I think they're poisoning the water and I the poisoning the well, whatever, whatever it is. And yeah, I think they're working. And leader of the party or not, I think he has no role because I think he's poison. Yeah. It's a and shame. Because, and you know what? And, and your point about him doing well with like smaller, smaller races, I, I take that point, but he's not going to stick with that shit. He's still going to be out there putting it, trying to put his name on big candidates and Herschel Walker. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you're right. It could turn around and hurt those big candidates. I don't know. I th- I do think there's a role for, for president Trump. There has to be a role for president Trump. Quite frankly, there has to be because he is the, he was a Republican president. He's a living Republican president. And he was the, he's currently the de facto leader of the party. But there has to be a role, for him, but he's a liability right now. He is a pariah. Yes. Yeah. He's a major liability right now. Maybe I, I'm curious to see how he runs this next campaign. Um, and unfortunately, I, I think the role for him would be a behind the scenes, shut the fuck up and, you know, stay out of the headlines role, which he will. I don't think he can. I don't think he role. can either, but I think he would do a great job guiding policy behind the scenes. Yes. One hundred percent, because but he his, won't do it. Yeah, his policies were dead on. Um, but the, the problem with that is you need somebody with the balls to execute those policies. Right. And, you know, Donald Trump was that guy. Listen, I could be entirely wrong. Or I could be entirely right. And the numbers change. Public right. sentiment could change. It's not beyond the realm of possibility that Democrats make this nation even worse than it is today. You know, things can get worse. We just traded an arms dealer for a basketball player. Of course, things can get worse. Yeah. A guy that's probably going to have a little revenge in mind. You know, and that's what I was thinking when you were talking about when he gets back in his game, now he's pissed. Mm-hmm. And he's pissed at us. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe they'll snap him up again in a month. 
You know what I mean? Now that they have her, maybe they'll snap him up again and then say, hey, uh, uh, Ivan, we'll give him back to you if you give us the Marine. If you give us Paul Whalen. Who knows? We don't know what's going to happen. But um, uh, what a great trade. The NBA would have been proud of that trade. I don't know. I, I don't know if the NBA do stupid trades or not. But... You know, I mean, not like that, not, not give away an stupid. entire team for, yeah, no. They don't give away Kobe for, uh, for, uh, Brittany for Griner. Brittany Griner. No, no, no. Even, I don't know anything about basketball. Say, even hey, that great, seems great reference ri- there. Yeah. Even that seems ridiculous to me. All right. We're out of time. I mean, Kobe's dead. Oh, is he? All right, y'all. Is he really? Oh, that, the pl- helicopter or plane crash. That's right. That was uh, that was Kobe. That was Kobe. I know nothing. I, listen, I don't claim to know anything about basketball or the players. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe was a name I was familiar you with. You knew to be. You I knew threw it out there. It didn't stick. Not impressed when he died, but you knew that something bad had happened when he died. You knew that was a big deal. All right, we're out. Y'all, we love you. We appreciate you. No show Saturday, but we will be back on Monday. Yes. R.I.P. Kobe. Kobe. (laughs) Good night, guys. (laughs) 